Hey, this is Drew here with my best friend, Derek. Hey. Welcome <laughs> back. Do I usually say you first? I don't know. I got so... No, it's little been so sister long. Ashley oh. first. <laughs> That's why I almost was like, hey. <laughs> the big reveal. Best, best friend. <laughs> I'm back. Well, little sis- Ashley's the little sisters here as well. Ashley, little <laughs> sister Ashley is here as well. Um, so the whole gang is back together for this monumental episode. Um, episode number 178 of New Dude. Release. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we should do something special. So, Jesus Christ. Something for two, special for, for 200? <laughs> no, for 178. Oh, okay. <laughs> monumental. Yeah. Um, well, we'll. I'm sure we will by the by the end of it. So stay tuned to, to the end to find out what the big special surprise is. In the meantime, you are listening to New Release, a TV and sometimes movie podcast where each week we watch something new and then decide if we want more. This week, we're watching um, a docu-series, but before we talk about that, we like to give updates on what we've been watching for the last couple of weeks on New Release. And this week, I don't think we have any. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, we did Twisted Metal. We did... Um, what did we do last Why week, what? Ashley? Um, shoot. I already forgot. <laughs> uh, we did Asteroid City last week. Oh, Asteroid City. And then I did watch um, Joyride, which is new. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty, pretty slow time in the TV landscape. That's why we've been mixing in some new movie releases, either in theaters or home video releases. But um, yeah, so Joyride, did you watch that at home or in theaters? At home. I watched it with um, the usual crew. We just did like a movie night. Got a lot of girl. snacks. Um, a girl crew? Lady crew? Um, boy and girl. Molly okay. and my friend Brian. <laughs> nice. I just asked that because this is like a female-led, um, mm-hmm. Asian-led cast. And um, uh friend of the show, Jamie, saw it with her lady friends and they they had a great time um i'm really excited to see it myself um i just wasn't able to see it in theaters so i recommend cool um well that's a good recommendation derek have you had any more time to think about your stance on twisted metal uh no but i did catch up with the sean white documentary and i oh dude oh my gosh yeah nice forgot about that the last (laughs) run it is good okay uh, new release. Definitely watch it. It's great. Cool. Yeah. So I, I ended up finishing it. I, it's weird. I, I was the one that was like really into it out of the gates. Yeah. And I thought it kind of lost steam as it went on, or maybe was like one episode too long or just bounced back, like a little too much build up to like the events that we pretty much knew were coming. I was, I was really interested in like, the stuff we learned about his family and his upbringing pretty much all in the first episode. And then I got, but then it's kind of like, you do get more behind the scenes of when he becomes famous and turns into a rock star and, and a little more insight into like how insane and grueling the training is and the new 
the new um wave of snowboarders like um passing him by and and you know him kind of having to reckon <laughs> with his place <laughs> even though yeah. he like pioneered so much of the sport which uh, yeah and that makes it interesting uh quickly uh passed by or his talent was quickly kind of no longer the the, the leading talent it was interesting and yeah growing up watching him so it was good so, behind the scenes stuff yeah it's so similar to the tony hawk one but there's just a fundamental difference in like escape like the type of skateboarding hawk is still trying to do versus what sean white is trying to train you know to do one run at an olympic event like and just actually i know the whole tony hawk thing was kind of like can he do one more 900 and so <laughs> there is parallels there but it's just like um i feel like maybe this is wrong but and i know snow snowboarding added sort of like a street or more of like a freestyle component but i feel like you can kind of get a lot of of the artistic expression and stuff from skateboarding all well into your older age whereas snowboarding is just like he literally just can't keep up anymore <laughs> yeah you can't keep carrying out 20 feet yeah the, the top of a gigantic half pipe on snow yeah it's just a little more magnified i guess like yeah a little more extreme um not that skateboarding is any slouch but um <laughs> It's like so being yeah, a daredevil, I, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I finished that, and then I watched the first episode of Squid Game. Oh, nice. The OG? You've never yeah. seen it? The OG wow. Squid Game's not. I haven't seen it before. Wow. What did you think of that? Mm, it was okay. It was cool. I don't know. Are you going to keep up with it, you think? Or, like, watch more? Yeah, because everybody says it's good. So yeah, I've got to. I've got to see what happens with this this guy. Yeah, it gets pretty crazy. So be ready. <laughs> it's a fun premise. The production design is super cool. Like the the sets and stuff that they designed and then yeah, following the stories of a couple of the characters eventually is what keeps you going, but just the ridiculousness of the <laughs> how how dark and, and fucked up the games are is a good hook in the first place. Yeah, and how it starts is kind of the opposite of that. You know, children playing mm-hmm. very meaningless mm-hmm. games, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, at some point, um, we've got a few things planned out for the future, but if there are any more lulls or production delays due to the ongoing strike, we could definitely do some classic new release episodes for things that we never um caught up with in the first place or you know um i would be i i know i wonder when squid game is going to come back because it was like is it one of the to? biggest phenomenons of all time on netflix internationally um i i think so i just don't know like i'm surprised it hasn't already i haven't been following the production updates on that i know they wanted to make more but i think there's probably some negotiation um negotiations going on and and various other challenges but yeah um, it says 2024 sure. will be the okay. earliest so right and i don't want to sidetrack us too much but uh have you have we talked about the current writer strike and creative strike in film and tv on this podcast yet 
we've mentioned it about like one sentence at a time per yeah. week. Just like, <laughs> is it going to affect the the re- release schedule? I've I've consumed a decent amount of information on it, but I don't know if I'm like um, an authority, you know, enough of an authority to really comment on it. Other than like, it seems very reasonable and very relatable what the writers and the actors are asking for related to um, consistent work and, and not being replaced by artificial intelligence and just kind of the, I think what would changed one of the things that changed the most with all this um, shift towards on-demand streaming content was like, there used to be 20 up 20 plus episodes of a season. The, the season schedule used to be really predictable. There was just for both for writers, especially there was like a real consistency to the work. And now it's just like, okay, can you get employed for two months at a time? And then, and then maybe not have anything lined up for the next six. And so, um, I don't, I don't know all the details of of the the sticking points in the negotiation, but it does seem like they've been steadily getting squeezed by the streaming model. Yeah, I was I was more concerned with like how that's going to impact our podcast, so they need to get back to work, right? <laughs> that's one way to look at it. Yep. <laughs> um, now we're team we're team labor in this case, not team um, HBO or team you know big yeah. streamer, but. But yes, we definitely want um, Stranger Things 5 to come back as soon as possible. So please, uh, before <laughs> Finn Wolfhard becomes an elderly man, we'd like to um, <laughs> see how Mike and Will and, and Elle and the rest of the gang <laughs> can can survive uh, this. Um, what's the what's the guy they're fighting in the last season? It starts with the Vel- Vel- Vecman. Vecner. Vecner, yeah, Vecman's Ghostbusters. Vecna, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Freddy Krueger. Um, <laughs> so yes, um, I, the last thing I'll say on the strike is that there was some optimism, like in the last couple of weeks, that that things might get resolved um, by the end of summer, by early September. Um, it was trending for like a really drawn out uh, timeline before that, like end of year into next year. So uh, there's been a few setbacks it seems like since since that information came out but hopefully like September is still the timeline for the strike resolving and because of the fluid um streaming release calendar we probably wouldn't notice it for a while um but we'll see I mean I'm already noticing the last 2 months which has nothing to do with the strike but just that there hasn't been a ton of <laughs> great options weeks to yeah. week to week. Um, so yeah, we've been getting creative with the podcast, including this week. Um, <laughs> so yeah, any other updates you want to give before we talk about um, the main event here? I'm ready. Okay. Um, well, what did we watch this week, Ashley? Um, we watched... Try to say the name, what it's on... <laughs> Because <laughs> you you never give the name in your. It's supposed to be a mystery. Oh, okay. If I you love you to be a mystery, but okay. it doesn't have to be. Um, we watched Telemarketers <laughs> on HBO, and it's basically two office workers that are trying to expose the telemarketing industry. That's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
We gotta take him down from the inside. Funding on my motherfucking mind. Pat and I had vowed to expose the industry, and it seemed to be evolving into something bigger and weirder than ever. Political action campaigns. Robocalls. Federal Trade Commission. Congress. This guy does not want to talk to us. So we figured we'd get something to eat. Oh, there he is. See the food. Go, 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 go. Get one. Regulating telemarketing is like regulating Somalia pirates. Just can't be done. Okay. I have to say, who edited, whoever edited this trailer made it like so epic. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Dude, this is one of the better trailers that we have for something that we've watched in a long yeah. time. It like really yeah. hypes you up. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't. I, so the Safty brothers who made Uncut Gems and uh, Good Time are producers on this. I was just reading a little bit about like I don't know what their involvement was. Um, at various points, like you'll we learn in the documentary itself that like they started filming this in what like two thousand one, early two thousands. Yeah, two thousand one. Yep. Yeah. Together um, or filming? Do what? Like putting it together with older footage or I just mean like they the the camera started rolling. They had no idea what they were gonna do with it. They were yeah. actually putting it up. Was that like YouTube? Like the very beginning of YouTube, YouTube they were putting yeah. it on. Yeah. It was just doing like shorts of like people in the office and how ridiculous yeah. it was. Like someone's butt crack hanging out, like food yeah. crumbs on his mouth when they're making calls, just like office workaholic style shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But at one point, yeah. like then the twenty year making of this, <laughs> they were um working with Danny Mc trying to work with Danny McBride um to make a live action um live action version of the story. And then the Safty brothers were making uncut gems, so they like passed on on making it, but they, you know, executive produced. All of all I'm trying to say is the trailer feels like Safty Brothers <laughs> inspired. Yeah. Um and the documentary is much more DIY all over the place, kind of um like uh, unpolished, but not necessarily in a bad way. I'm really curious. Um, um, there's going to be three episodes of this show. The final one aired um, this past Sunday, so they're all they're all out now um, that you're listening to this. Um, so it's not like a really long, drawn out thing. But I'm curious what y'all thought of the the start of the story, and if you watched any more. I watched only the first episode, and I fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> wow okay so the trailer uh oversold it for you the trailer made it really exciting and i was like oh my gosh um not that it was boring but i watched probably the first like more than the first half of it and then i just passed out well so. it's unfortunate because the first episode I, I i agree the first episode drags it's like okay these are just like it's like a workaholics episode without any like comedy. I mean, it comedy. Had yeah, comedy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, and it's twice as long as an episode and and twice as boring. But that said, there are like really charming, interesting characters in mm-hmm. the first episode. They make some interesting points of like this is the only way this type of people, um, a lot of like low income or um, people with a prison On record, probation. yeah, yeah, could get could get work. Um, Obviously, they start digging into like maybe the scammy nature of it, but they really don't 
dig in too much until the the rest of the series and the episode one like ends on a pretty big cliffhanger. Oh, okay. um, so there's <laughs> that. Yeah. And I I uh, <clears throat> this really hit home with me because I was in a very not well I don't know uh, an air conditioning business uh-huh. uh, tele telemarketing in Arizona. Oh. Uh, I worked with some like felons and ex cons and stuff like that. Well, so it's oh, interesting. Very interesting. So, and and I guess the guy, the main guy who's making it, um, there's Sam, and then there's Pat. So Sam's kind of the guy that's that's filming it. He's like pretty young, and he keeps. We don't learn a ton about his his life, but he's like. I didn't have a ton going on at the time. I wasn't in a great place. Like, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't like uh, maybe a drug addict like Pat or a, a felon, uh, I mean, a, a former felon, a convicted convict, like some of his coworkers, like a lot of people have been in, in jobs like this when they're younger and just also don't have any options yet. So yeah. I was curious if any of us had personal experience doing it. Um, Derek, yeah. what were... wish I had a what? camera. <laughs> what were what were y'all selling when you called? I mean, I know you said air conditioning, but like y'all were just going through a list. Uh, well, the list was given to us through uh, some sort of digital machine. So you just push a button that said you're ready, and it give you a number, and then you mm-hmm. connect you to somebody. So, and then you had a script to follow. Uh, if we wanted to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, yeah. So that's that's what made this interesting to me, like throughout the entire first episode. For sure. How long so did kind you? Of, you know. Oh, I was say, how long did you work there? Long enough for my uh, magic card collection to get stolen off of my desk, and <laughs> oh no! Yeah, uh, I, maybe a year and a half, maybe less. I don't know. It was it was a wild time, right? Okay. It might be an episode three of this series. <laughs> well, and and so you kind of like related to just the the casual nature, or you know, kind of the. It's almost similar to the movie Waiting, where they capture some of like the most ridiculous aspects of working in a kitchen or something, or working in retail, like whatever job that someone it's not they're not planning to make it their career although a lot of people on this documentary spend decades doing it it turns out <laughs> um but nobody really gives a fuck is is the point no. and were were y'all Derek just judged based on like did you have to hit numbers or did they not even really care about that i mean you did but yeah. it was you know uh basically the same as the documentary now or yeah. you know the experiences that you see in this in this docu series, uh, well, aside from you know scamming people out of money, well, <laughs> you might you so might you have think. been <laughs> really probably, yeah. Like, well, your uh, your house hasn't been checked in three years. Well, you definitely need this, and sure, you know, mm-hmm. we'll send somebody out there, and then once that that person gets out there, that's when they, you know, they'll start racking you know, racking the, the bill up. But you're not saying like, oh, firefighters need air conditioners. Oh no. Or, <laughs> well, X Y Z. It's it's all like different degrees of of 
manipulation for sure and and like where you draw the personal line and everyone in the show yeah at this like is very sympathetic and in, in terms of like they just need the they just need the job like they can, either can't get another job they have bills to pay they you know like they are going through the motions literally like reading a script some people are easy or more able to kind of like turn into um um uh, empathetic robots and like say whatever it takes to get to get the sale there's this one guy that they show a little bit of later in the series that is um a convicted murderer and he like oh. his style on the phone is super aggressive and if someone says no he's like fuck you i hope your dog dies like oh my <laughs> when he, either on the phone or when he hangs up it's like and he lets them film this so like he's just um, even his manager, when they're asking about him, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's a psychopath. Um, oh so gosh. aside from people like that, they're like, just either like Pat, who's sort of the hero of this, this series is, um, when we meet him conv- or addicted to, um, heroin yeah. and, um, when he gets on the phone, if he's not, if he's not asleep, he just having has a jovial like happy-go-lucky attitude with people that translates into him being one of the best salespeople. So yeah, yep. yeah, he's super likable, um, and I like the dynamic between him and his wife too. Yeah, yeah, Sue, um, his partner. Um, yeah, she there. They keep making appearances throughout the throughout the series. Um, I thought it's it, a- it, yeah. Wild, wild. Uh, when you see the the you know the uh, image on Max for telemarketers, it looks like it's going to be a comedy, but it's a <laughs> documentary. I, it's, like you said, Ash, in our text thread, it really surprised me, like where it went. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, spoiler alert: I did go- continue on to episode two. Nice. It gets even weirder. So it's such a <laughs> weird show or- yeah and i would argue that episode three takes another big um <laughs> a big leap and also a time jump so it um you start to at first it's kind of a critique of the industry and then um it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and then it's like oh how are the cops like directly affiliated like the they're they're calling on behalf of these um fraternal orders of police like here by the way yeah well it's a documentary series um (laughs) no i i mean yes these are these are spoilers for the rest of the series but i think if you're hooked on this story i'm not going to talk about the outcomes just like are the questions it's asking is like who knows how much about what they're doing like is it is it the national like how comfortable are people that are on the police force with these tactics? Like just kind of like who's pulling the strings? Why can't the government, you know, do anything? It just goes, it just keeps going higher and higher. And, um, and like, you know, these guys who didn't have any formal, uh, training to, to be doing this just kind of like found themselves in the middle of, of a huge scam and aren't really equipped <laughs> to efficiently take it down by any means. That's why they've been working on it for 20 years. 
off and on. And they just keep like paying them off every year too. So like, or not paying off people that are producing it, but paying off. Um, In episode one, there was something that this woman said uh, when she was confronted by like, did you know that you were scamming people out of money? And she was like, I was getting paid. I didn't care what I was saying. I didn't care who I was calling. Like that's Mm -hmm. how I got by. So so fucking very interesting. Yeah. Because the the sad thing is like, there's a few people at the top getting really rich. There's the people that are calling who don't have many other options for employment to, to survive themselves. And then there's the people that they're calling who they have the most success with, with old people and low end people that are like really don't have the money to spend. So they're praying the, the lists that they're given to call are play are preying on people that, aren't equipped to say no or you know it's just like everyone's a victim and then the horrible people at the at the top really obviously look like like complete monsters which which is is the point um do they show more footage of them of like the two families and stuff or i mean it's there's not a ton of (laughs) of concrete um like satisfying you know change that they can (laughs) they can enact unfortunately the um rather more characters or uh what's the the main character who used to be a heroin addict and now yeah pat kills it in episode two spoiler alert (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, no, I mean he's he's really interesting throughout and like his recovery and and story, you know, like how how he's moving through life is a fascinating part of it. Um it's I w- I was curious just kind of like this story obviously resonated a little bit with Derek because of his um experience with <laughs> with that job and you know like a formative time period in your life but like short form docu-series do y'all like i mean we just talked about the sean white one i feel like i've been watching a ton of these lately whether it's sports or investigative um do y'all like this format of of documentary i give up on them pretty quickly really (laughs) i noticed yeah yeah well and then plots and z's yeah i uh i think if it was a documentary that was like an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. I just watch it, but yep. to have the option to like watch the first episode and be like, mm, um, I'm yeah, I'm better at watching just a full documentary than breaking it up into pieces. Yeah. I think like there's, uh, there's so many sports ones that, and you know, like hard knocks just came back on, on HBO as well. And Netflix is making a huge push to release, um, sports docs. And I talked about the American gladiators one, which was Mm -hmm. definitely like one and a half episodes too long. This one is probably the right length, but it's still a three hour commitment. So, um, I, I, I see where you're coming from where it could be, um just something you could sit down and consume and and the, that's the other byproduct of the streaming um era is that even though we're not getting 24 episode seasons of gossip girl we're getting like an eight episode docu-series that could have just been a two-hour movie yeah. <laughs> like there's incentives <laughs> to drag things out as well um if it's a creator that only wants to make that doesn't feel like making 20 hours of tv 
they'll make um you know queen's gambit but yeah like a documentary it's it's really hard to cut things if you just have like again like 20 years of footage not that they were filming non-stop but they were filming this for a long time and yet they still kind of like keep repeating certain um little scenes from from it even in the course of only three hours i liked uh, the it, it seemed not as like uh well done and crisp like some documentaries that you'd see nowadays so i also like that too it was almost like you're watching a a documentary on vhs yeah well they were using bad cameras for the time i mean like well if they were um professional filmmakers in early 2000s they would have had nice cameras they were using like consumer grade you you know um home video camcorders yeah even when there were nicer i mean obviously like uh, cell phone cameras now would be way nicer than what they're using but um at the time i think they were kind of like using very cheap <laughs> cameras even which well, was they fine at a call center so they probably didn't yeah. have a lot of you know cash exactly and they were like there was nothing no expectation of of going viral on youtube this was before any of kind of like the mainstream um youtube channels blew up i think like so they were getting you know 10 views on on certain videos just kind of passing it around in their office and and um occasionally like their bosses or somebody would would see it and 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 get mad at them but for the most part it was just kind of like just doing it for themselves at that point mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know um Ashley, it sounds like we might know the answer for you. <laughs> Derek, um, we know that you watched two episodes, but I'm very curious to um, know if you're going to finish it. So um, which one of y'all wants to go first? I'm going to finish it tonight, actually. Nice. Yeah, I noticed that episode three is out. So, yep. I cool. will weird. not be finishing weird. it. <laughs> Fair Sorry, enough. Derek, go ahead. <clears throat> What were you going to say, Derek? Yeah, go ahead, Derek. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) I have finished it. So we have one, two, and three episodes um, down between us. Yeah, I I started this actually... I I think it's been nice having another Sunday night. I I think I've watched it one episode the following... The last three Sundays when it it came out, like Game of Thrones. (laughs) So (laughs) I've been watching it on its actual release schedule which this is easily the type of show you could just binge if it was all out at once it doesn't really need to be staggered week to week but it's been it's been um it's left off on enough of like a cliffhanger both episodes to where i was very anxious to pick it up a week later yeah Um, so they released it one episode next week second episode yeah so we've we've talked about this as well so that is intriguing for uh, a viewer as well. Yeah. I think actually, if you had finished the first episode that I actually am blanking a little bit on the, the first episode cliffhanger. Um, But the second episode also has a big cliffhanger, uh, Derek uh, at the, at the end. So, um, and then I think you'll be, you'll be surprised, like I said, by where the third episode goes. 
Um, and I'll be really curious next week to hear your thoughts on how they kind of wrap it up. Um, um, so we will have a little bit more to give updates on next week. Um, anything else y'all want to say about telemarketers for now? Put me on the there. list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, see, like, the stuff that they did in there and that uh, their cubicles is crazy. Like, such really as dr- drinking like malt liquor, like doing <laughs> drugs. Like, it was just kind of a free for all. It was wild to see what went on. So, people running it didn't care either. Like, as long as you no. hit, hit the. Hit They're making first. so much money. Yeah. I mean, the higher, like, the guys we- who own the company. We didn't actually get into the specifics of the the scam at all. Like just from episode one, basically <laughs> it all revolves around, you know, saying pretending that you're loosely affiliated with the um, like these police unions. Like I said, these police unions are real organizations that um, support that the police like directly work with um, that are made up of police, but a small portion of them are maybe in some kind of relationship with the telemarketers. So the telemarketers call people, say that, you know, we're raising money for the families of these fallen officers through the New Jersey FOP. And they give the FOP 10, maybe at most 10% of what they raise keep 90% send the person who signs up for the gold level, a sticker to put on their car and the people at the organization, um, they point out a couple of times in the doc, like, well, the, 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 the FOP isn't super incentivized to like say no to the 10%. That's just free money. Right. (laughs) Um, even though it makes them look really bad ultimately, but like, in the meantime, they're just getting 10%, which is better than 0%. And the the workers are getting minimum wage or whatever. They're not... No, that is the other funny thing. You would think with a sales job, you would be rewarded for making more sales. Right. But no, you just get a flat amount regardless of how much you hustle or you get fired. Um, so you do get rewarded by keeping your, um, your job. And, well, uh, and it sounded like they were like kind of bribing them too. Like people on probation, they'd be like, "Well, we'll just say you weren't here for the past three days, and then we'll call your probation officer." So it's kind of like a pretty you, fucked up situation. Exactly. Like they know people. these these people don't have much choice. They do like like we were just talking about. Give them a lot of freedom with their workplace behavior because it's such a um, behind the scenes job. There's no. It's not going to affect they're like and they're all just replaceable so if someone Mm -hmm. is 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 like doing drugs at work and does too much well then they'll just get fired because they won't be able to make the sales anymore like so they don't have to really manage them they're not fired because they're doing drugs just you're not getting enough sales yeah well then it's the whole like jargon switch from like we're calling on behalf of to like we're part of this based on because they're not telemarketers anymore they're coined something else so they're allowed to say that like they are like worked for the organization when they didn't. It's a weird. Well, there exactly. So it does start to get into the the um, logistics of whether the laws. Sometimes the laws change, so then all of a sudden they can manipulate the laws in new ways. Or if they are able to form a, a, a um, kind of 
um, contractual relationship with these police unions, then they can actually get them to agree to let them say that they are working, you know, that they work directly for the police union. And obviously that's way more effective from a state like, and then they could also say at some point because of some legal or contractual loophole that a hundred percent of the money was going (laughs) to the families. (laughs) And it's just like, we don't even know the, the the 10% that goes to the FOP. Then we have no oversight of where that goes. So yeah. we don't know that the FOP has any any of their members' best interest in mind. So it's just so many layers of siphoning all the money off the top using, um, you know, cheap labor, cheap a vulnerable labor to extract money out of vulnerable people in society. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a drug ep- epidemic, but you know, over the phone or something. It's yeah, it is it, when you think about it, it's really fucked up. But it, you also don't like. The callers aren't bad guys. Like again, like the the show is very sympathetic to the people yeah. that are mm-hmm. being manipulated as pawns in the in the process. Yeah, uh, yeah. I so. don't. I don't. We should definitely shouldn't go into uh, the granularity here, but this this uh, shines a light on how you can manip- manipulate people to get money with businesses that are somewhat legit. Yeah. And yeah. It definitely translates to way above us, you know, way above. The the last thing I'll say is the one of the the kind of smart things or one of the only you special things that the the people who started CG uh CDG um had going for them was like the creation of these scripts kind of just like doing this mm-hmm. like in in huge volume with and then in sort of like pre um basically using analytics like you would use for moneyball and and sports or something like okay if we just if we just change this one thing in the script it's going to increase sales by 5% but if we are calling you know 5000 500000 people a day that that 5% increase is going to make a big difference and they could just keep like subtly optimizing the scripts. And so that was kind of like one technological, you know, um, invention that -hmm. they came up with. Obviously their biggest advantage was just not caring about (laughs) all the people they were exploiting, but that was one of the only, um, smart things that they did as far as just from like, like how this business like blew up overnight. Um, the, the, the invention of kind of like the phone script that you could, that you could steadily just collect data on what was working and what wasn't working and, and optimize was, was there one big contribution for worse <laughs> to society? <laughs> um, yep. so yeah, but they were able to buy like matching lake houses on both sides of the lake so they could like boat back and forth between their two <laughs> these brothers between their two lake houses and oh my gosh and pay for their um christian rock records that they were putting oh out. yeah <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, so yeah okay well that's um that's telemarketers on max all three episodes are out we'll get an update from derek next week ashley um what else before we wrap up yeah so each 
uh, week when we watch a movie, a series, whatever we watch, we take something from that and we sell it in our new release gift shop. Um, <laughs> right now, <laughs> for Asteroid City, we're selling a plot of land on an asteroid. Derek, just letting you know. That's awesome. Can I so buy some? Wanna... Or... Yeah, of course. You get a discount. Um, and then we have a motorcycle, two sidecars with a dog driving, mm-hmm. um, frozen half pipe with an optional pet, you know, all over the place. <laughs> so what do we want to sell from telemarketers? Hmm. Well, do you, we, do you want a gold badge for, of the new release <laughs> sticker? Do you want the platinum level? What, oh what, um, gosh. what are you in the market for? Well, you're having a baby and you're, so oh, you say you're pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Surprise. Are you um, asking the listeners? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What?" Um, going back to the show, anyway. Uh, yeah, what do you think, Ash? I was thinking of like an edible call sheet or something weird, but I don't know. <laughs> to just to eat the evidence. Yeah. So like you Ooh. use it, and then once you're done, you just eat it. That's awesome. I mean, that actually might. That actually. Uh, I hope no one's really listening to this. <laughs> actually, uh, we'll call you. And make sure that. Uh, it's like printed on your hamburger bun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, does it have like psycho active effects? If we want it to, it can. Yeah. <laughs> it can have whatever. Like we, well, it could be an edible call sheet. Know. Edible. I mean, Ooh, what do you edible, think edible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I a double Eddie, a double Eddie call sheet. Perfect. <laughs> that sounds great. Sign me up in a few months. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, we have the edible call sheet. Edible. Um. We're gonna have to work on like the technology to print a bunch of text on like a fruit roll up. Is that what it is? Should that be the form factor? Yeah, I was thinking fruit roll up or like kind of like that bazooka or the remember the bazooka Joe, not bazooka Joe, the bubble gum that had was like tobacco, like strings, like that kind of like each string could have a number on it or something. Big league chew. Yeah, there you go. That's like after it's shredded, which kind of is is kind of fun. So you have to piece it back together. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, Make it work for it. (laughs) All right. Um, You'll be surprised and delighted by the form factor when you you (laughs) figure it out. Um, We have to figure out what we're going to do for the most important birthday episode of the year next week. I was going to say boring, but I said boring. Boring. Uh, What are we doing? What what are your ideas? I think... um, I think we should go back to 2003 for a minute because we picked the year 2003 at the start of this last, you know, run of new release because um, I was so excited about the movies that were coming out in the fall. And then I decided before we got here to change to our new format. (laughs) So we (laughs) we didn't get to, we weren't going to get to watch um, these movies I have listed here, but um, I think it could be fun if we record. Um, we each pick one of these movies that we definitely want to do. I'm gonna watch all the ones that y'all pick. Um, so, but but if you don't want to watch, you know, three different movies, that's fine. But I want each of y'all to pick from this list here. And um, I don't know if Derek, you still have the the doc up. I can post it if yeah. you don't. I just um, picked yeah. mine. I bolted okay. it. Okay, so. Um, Derek, do you see the, you see the list, um, under, yeah, there you go. Um, I'm, is, well, like, oh, 13 is that, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I've seen all three, I believe. Oh, well, there's five. 
Yeah, I added a couple <laughs> more at the oh, bottom too. Between all five, dude. Yeah, fuck yeah. Why did he choose choose these? These are all literally like so. With our, you know, most of the run of new release, we were picking a year. Um, I'm not explaining this to you, to the listeners, and following the release calendar. These are actually all the movies that are coming out between like right now in the end of in like the first two weeks of September in 2003. So these are 20 year anniversary movies. We can basically just spend a couple weeks going back to 2003. I don't think we're going to miss too much in the present day. Um, So yeah, Ashley has picked her movie. Which one? Which one do you want to do, Ashley? Cabin Fever. Great choice. Thank you. <laughs> um, Derek? You know what I'm going to pick? And I'm picking two, actually. I'm <laughs> Great. Oh. Three, actually. <laughs> I uh, mean, I'm, we can... In no, in no uh, specific order. Party Monster, Lost in Translation, and Cabin Fever. Okay. Oh, okay. So you want to be on... We can... I, again, we're going to record... I mean, this doesn't matter to the listener, but... We're going to probably record these uh, in bulk. So um, just watch as many of those as you can by next Monday when we record. Um, I'm also going to want to do 13. So I'm going to probably force Jamie to watch that. So we're going to, we're going to, we'll figure out how, if we want to do these as double feature releases, but we're going to, we're going to, for the listeners out there, be watching 13 party monster cabin fever and lost in translation <laughs> and that'll basically cover september so we'll yep. spend the next Sweet. few weeks in 2003 perfect that sounds good to me Sweet. awesome well that was fun if you want to come on that journey back to 2003 then you can subscribe to the podcast by searching new release podcast on spotify or apple ashley that's hopefully not a spam that- call what I was going to try to, yeah, leave a message at the beat. Then Ash goes. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs>